LCBO, okay, so this happened for a hot second. The LCBO mandated everybody has to give their ID in order to access these specific six stores in Northern Ontario. We're just trialing it. It's just a trial, like just the tip, okay? Just a little tiny bit. We're not even gonna do anything. It's nothing, it's nothing, nothing. And so that happened and I tagged it and I was like, holy F, this is very bad. Very, very bad indeed. Three hours later, Doug Ford crushed it and said, no, that's not happening. So I'll show that to you. That was a roller coaster yesterday. That was an emotional roller coaster for me. Uh, Sugar tax, they are doing a sugar tax. Yes, they are. And of course, it's in BC. Of course it is, right? So there's lots to get to. Let's get to it. We got to start at the lawsuits. Yes, multiple lawsuits. Keith Wilson says, Tamara Litch, Freedom Convoy leader, files against Trudeau liberals. So this is Western Standard reporting this. And they're going into um, just a little bit of detail. Freedom Convoy leaders, Tamara Litch, Chris Bauer, Tom Mazzaro, Danny Bulford, and others have filed a lawsuit against Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's Liberal government two years ago to the the date. So yesterday was the two-year anniversary of the invocation of the Emergencies Act. Um, The War Measures Emergencies Act was invoked on February 14th, 2022, a move now declared illegal and unnecessary on protesters in downtown Ottawa. Under what was formerly known as the War Measures Act, Trudeau and Deputy Prime Minister Christia Freeland froze bank accounts of demonstrators and citizens who merely donated to the convoy. They also sent the RCMP special forces into the streets with their horses where two people were trampled. Journalist Alexi L. of Rebel News was shot point blank in the leg with a rubber rubber pellet. Lich and Barber have been on trial for charges of mischief and obstruction, among others, since September 5th, 2023. Convoy attorney Keith Wilson announced the convoy organizers lawsuit Wednesday morning on Twitter uh, on the two-year anniversary of the federal government illegally invoking the War Measures Act against its citizens and targeting key protesters in Ottawa by freezing their bank accounts. Today, Tamara Litch, Chris Barber, Tom Mazzaro, Danny Bulford, and others, uh, other protesters who were targeted by Justin Trudeau and Christia Freeland have filed lawsuits against the federal government, Wilson wrote. So, and he continues, Section 24 of our Charter Rights and Freedoms gives Canadians the right to sue their governments for damages when charter rights are violated, noted Wilson. Doing so affirms the seriousness of respecting charter rights and is intended to deter future governments from breaching Canadians' fundamental rights. The lawsuits seek $2 million in damages. The government shouldn't be the ones being sued. It should be Trudeau and the people who did this, Christia Freeland, et cetera, et cetera. The government, like I pay for the government. You pay for the government. That's taxpayer dollars, right? That's that's weird. Like you should be able to sue the government. Yes. But the people who are on the hook for the, the payout should not be the government. It should be the people who did it. So, and maybe there should be some kind of stopgap. Like if you are an MP, you get some kind of MP insurance or something like that. Like you can pay into the MP insurance. You know, there's got to be some kind of measure to make sure that the MP themselves isn't going to be necessarily bankrupt from frivolous lawsuits. Like there's got to be balance. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, when you shut down people's businesses, like there are heartbreaking stories of people who lost their businesses. There are heartbreaking stories of people who have lost family members, death, right? Like these things are a big deal. So how do you quantify that in law? At this point in time, you sue the government and we give you tax dollars. I mean, not to, not to say that I don't want people getting made whole as best money can make them whole, but it seems like a poor substitute for actually dealing with the people who made the decisions and screwed it up to give out taxpayer dollars for their screw up, right? So it's a, it's a difficult balance is all I'm trying to say. Um, Chris says, breaking historic lawsuit filed against Trudeau, Freeland, and others. Please share far and wide. 
Join the movement for accountability. Support the historic lawsuit against Trudeau, Prime Minister of Canada. Donate now. Uh, the accountability project. So this is a different one. Um, I believe this is a different one. And this is from... I can't read the... The, lot, the legal paper is too small when I made it, made it big there. And it's, it's difficult to, to lead. The Loberg Hector LLP. Um, and they commenced proceedings in the Ontario Superior Court of Justice on behalf of 20 victims of the Trudeau government's unconstitutional misuse of the provisional provisions of the Emergency Act in February 2022. Plaintiffs in this article seek compensation and related relief arising from the unjustified and unconstitutional actions of the Liberal government, as well as the actions of certain police agencies and Canadian financial institutions who followed the unlawful orders of the Liberal government and other defendants who participated in or pro promoted these actions. Um, so there you go. I'm sorry that I don't have more information on this. Both of the lawsuits were being, I thought they were both the same lawsuit being, um, being promoted at the same, like just by different people, like, oh, here's that lawsuit, right? And I thought it was one single lawsuit. And I saw after, well, after, I saw later on in the day that it was actually two different lawsuits. So I just wanted to make sure that... Um, I, your understanding there are two different lawsuits uh, jason says calgary law firm representing 20 victims of the emergency emergency act measures seeks 35 million in damages from trudeau and others arising from the unjustified and unconstitutional actions of the liberal government so that's the one i was just reading so um there's one with tamara lich and one with uh, 20 people from being represented by a calgary firm sorry if i've got that wrong and if i do get it wrong i'll i'll inform you as much as I can tomorrow. Things were just happening quite well. There was a lot of news yesterday with regards to all of this. So I was just kind of collecting it all up. And sometimes it can be muddy. <laughs> Sovereignty or sovereign territory of Tim Toria says two years later on the anniversary of Trudeau's liberal liberals and Singh's NDP's unconstitutional evocation of the act of an act meant to use in for use in times of war, several Canadian politicians are being personally sued. So that's good. No amnesty, like hashtag emergencies act, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, I think public health, anybody who got on to Twitter and said it's safe and effective, like there should be consequences. I don't know how to hit the balance between, because these people were told to say this and who told them to say this, right? And so to me, finding out the shape of the whole thing is important. And having these people no longer in office is important. And I don't necessarily want to completely destroy their lives. Like enough lives have been destroyed. You know what I'm saying? But I want them held accountable. I want them to repay what they can repay. You know, like th there should be a consequence. It shouldn't be you get off scot-free. It shouldn't be they maintain their job and their social, social standing. I don't care so much about. They shouldn't maintain their position in power. They shouldn't maintain their elected position. They shouldn't maintain their public health position. In fact, we should probably abolish public health. But regardless of all of that, I think that it's really tough to hit the balance of what people expect, what people want from justice. You know, some people like Justin Trudeau uh, to be in jail for the rest of his life. Justin Trudeau to be, you know, dealt with even... You know, harsher than that, people have been calling for. I don't know. Um, but it's one of those things where I don't think the Canadian public has an appetite for that, despite the loss of life, despite the loss of business and economic activity, despite the rampant theft of taxpayer dollars. I don't think there's an appetite for it. And I'm not saying, you know, we should. Like, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that it's interesting because most Canadians want a balance of justice and 
humanity, right? Fairness, something fair, right? Like something fair, but what's fair? I mean, how, 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 how can you make people whole who've lost somebody? Or how can you make people whole like um, without papers pizza? His whole business went under for something that was completely unlawful, completely illegal, and nobody's got any consequences for it. So how do you do that? How do you strike that balance? And I, I wish I knew. I wish I knew. But because, they're, because I do advocate for consequences, but I don't know up to what extent the consequences should be, right? And I know there are people who say, absolute, right? If you, if you were responsible for even the loss of one life, you should lose your life. Other people say life in prison. Other people say, you know, big fines and loss of the ability to um, hold office or anything like that. But, you know, whatever, live and let live, live their lives and whatever. Um, some, you know, jail time of some kind. I don't know. What do you think the appetite is? What do you think the appetite is really by the Canadian public? I'm interested. I don't know. And it's difficult to tell because some people are angry. And then those people who are angry and who are calling for the most extreme kind of um, repercussions, long jail sentences, things like that, tend to get ignored, tend to get ignored. I don't know. Tend to get maligned, tend to get pushed off to the side to, to be treated as if that's fringe. And I know that people want justice. And I know that people want because you can't have a democracy where people flagrantly break the law, but because they're in government, they're allowed to. You can't have that. There has to be consequences, right? And it's just a matter of hitting the balance. And I guess you have to let the courts hit that balance, right? Like that's what we have courts for, I suppose. But it sucks that our courts are completely and utterly compromised. <laughs> Glorine is from Quebec. I believe she's from Quebec. And she is an ex-lawyer, she says in her Twitter account. Ex-lawyer, ex-advocate advocate as a lawyer. Um, she says, mission accomplished. The Court of Appeal of Quebec sends sends in its judgment rendered today on February 14th, 24, a clear message to the lower courts of justice so that they assume their constitutional public responsibilities to protect the people against the abuse of government power. Here are the extracts from this judgment. I've placed a red vertical line where the Court of Appeal sends the clear message to the judges of Quebec. Mission accomplished. I can now continue my appeal to abolish the Quebec Public Health Act before the Superior Court of Quebec with greater confidence in obtaining justice for the people and for the future of, and for the future of children. Note that the Court of Appeal refuses my appeal from an inter, interlocutory, non-final judgment of the Superior Court. I have underlined in black what I disagree with. More details in upcoming interviews. So she's going to be on different different Canadian shows, um, and the this is in French, so I cannot read it. So apologies about that. I'm not quite that good to read and translate French on the fly yet, um, but it's interesting. So this is the two year anniversary of this announcement. Remember this guy and when they were enforcing all of the uh, the the crackdowns that started and. This is uh, this is Chief Bell, Second Chief Bell, Lieutenant Chief Bell. I can't remember exactly what his position was, but here he is. If you are involved in this protest, we will actively look to identify you and follow up with financial sanctions and criminal charges. Absolutely. If so, uh, government thug, government thug, chief government thug. <laughs> Here is Pierre Polyev. We have to talk about Arrive Scam. Uh, should we talk about Rhodes? Let's talk about Rhodes really quickly. The Arrive Scam thing is a massive, massive deal. This Rhodes thing is actually just kind of funny. And because it's funny, 
So yesterday, Minister Gelbo had an announcement in Quebec. And during the announcement, he was claiming that there was no big money, no more money, no federal money for big infrastructure projects in, for the municipalities like roads. Roads not happening, not happening because you could walk, you could take. Walking is also known as active transportation. If you see active transportation, that's walking or bicycling by the way. So if somebody's saying, oh, well, we're just working on an active transportation solution, that means we want you to walk. <laughs> so just so you're aware, lots of municipalities are using this language, by the way. It's to, it's to obfuscate what they're trying to do. Regardless of all of that, Minister Galbo had to walk back what he said, and the news is having none of it, which is kind of funny. Uh, they say, I can read it back to you. I can read back to you what you said. Here is Minister Galbo and a little bit of combative news interaction. Here we go. Public transit. Uh, including investment in electrification of transportation. That's not, that's not what I said. Yes, it is. Wait. I can read it back to you. What, what, what I have said is that the solutions to our transport challenge passed by many different things, including massive investment in public transit, uh, including investment in electrification of transportation. And of course we're funding roads. We have, we have programs to fund roads. What we have said, and, and maybe I should have been more specific in, in the past, is that we, we don't have funds for large projects like the Troisième Lien that the CAC has been trying to do for, for many years. Our government has made the decision to stop investing in new road infrastructure. I, I, I just told you that I should have been more specific in, in, in that statement and, and specified that it was project like the Troisième Lien, which myself and many of my colleagues have said many times that the federal government had no funds for a project like this. And you can look back and you, you will see you will find numerous statements by myself and many other cabinet colleagues on, 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 on this specifically. <laughs> they read the comment back and he's like, no, no, I should have been more specific than it was specific. He was specific. Our government has no more money for road infrastructure, according to the news industry, right? And so that's interesting. Here is uh, him again being raked over the coals. Somebody's put music behind this, not in this clip, but I saw another clip and there was music and I thought, why would you do this? Anyway, here is, is uh, Mr. Gelbo again answering this question. You said, this morning you said, this morning I stood beside you, you said we don't have funds for large projects. We're talking about funding for roads. You said we don't have funds for large projects. Your government's spending $160 million to widen the Trans-Canada up in Ministerial Reagan's place. What do you mean when you say you don't have funds for large projects to fund road networks in this country? Uh, thank you very much for your question, David. Um, as opposed to the leader of the opposition, Pierre Poliev, who seem annoyed every time one of you find people. He's been chatting with Christia Freeland on how to answer questions. So he's 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 just politicking. Well, it's ridiculous. A question. I, in fact, think it's a privilege to be asked a question by you as a, as a federal cabinet minister. And I'm happy to take your questions. I was happy to answer your question this morning, David, and I'm happy to answer your question this afternoon. What I said is, and I, and I, I, I specified that I should have been more specific in, in, in that conference that I, that I gave last week in, in Montreal. I was referring specifically to projects like the Troisième Lien. But in that same conference, I specified that we still have funds, obviously, to maintain and, and enhance our, our, our road network across the country. But I was talking specifically about projects like the Troisième Lien that the, the, the CAC government in Quebec wants to, wants to move forward with, which is something myself and many of my Quebec cabinet colleagues have said time and time again this is not a, a new policy at all right so oh it's i've not not made news here saying we're not going to federally fund roads anymore no 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 that was just a terrible misunderstanding yeah right sure right and if nobody had said boo they would have stopped funding roads here is pierre polyev now we're into a rive scam and it's interesting because the scandal keeps getting bigger 25 250 million dollars 
a quarter of a billion dollars. That's a lot of cheddar, right? Here's Pierre Polyev. And at the end, we're going to watch the whole thing. At the end, the speaker says, you have to, you have to withdraw that last statement. That's unparliamentary language. And Polyev clarifies. And it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Here we go. The prime minister's arrive scam is now flailing out of control. Today, revelations from a Joël Denis Bellevance that one arrive scan company received a quarter of a billion dollars in contracts. Let's get this straight. It's a company with four employees headquartered in the basement of a tiny cottage. They got IT contracts even though they admit they do no IT work. A quarter of a billion dollars? W-T-F. I'm going to ask the Honourable Opposition Leader please to uh, to withdraw that that comment and to use uh, parliamentary language, please. Where's the funds? So he's clarifying, right? WTF is not what you think it means. It is where's the funds. So interesting. Lots of lots of money. Gone. Just poof, gone. And Stacy says, Polyev, what was the final cost of Arrive scam? And Trudeau responds, you're all just conspiracy theorists because we don't want to talk about anything to do with finance because, you know, the budget balances itself when you just hand it over to consultants. Here's Polyev. The app was supposed to cost 80 grand, said the prime minister. Now it's at least 60 million, but we don't know for sure because of missing documents. What is the full and final cost of Arrive scam? The Right Honourable Prime Minister. Mr. Speaker, I've uh, addressed these questions, but I will highlight that part of the uh, Conservatives' attacks uh, on this situation uh, is because they deeply deplore all the measures we put in to keep Canadians safe during the pandemic. We remember how they gave in to conspiracy theories, spreading anti-vaxxer conspiracies, uh, standing against (laughs) measures that we needed to put forward to keep Canadians safe. Yes. app was supposed to... Cost 80 grand, said the prime. It's a big pivot. He doesn't want to talk about the money wasted on arrive scam, so he pivots to anything but, right? And here's Pierre Polyev again. Now, this is politicking. I'm just trying to show you that first you say it in the House of Commons, then you say it in a meme, and then you say it again, right? And so this is Polyev, different memes, different tweets, different times of day. This one's from 9.36 p.m. on Valentine's Day. Polyev says, since 2015, Trudeau's government has given a quarter of a billion dollars of your tax dollars to one company with less than five employees. That company was at the heart of a rive scam. What the heck happened here? Signed to investigate. So that's interesting. And here it is again. Polyev says $250 million since 2015 to one company with less than five employees at the heart of a rive scam. Where did our tax dollars go? Signed to investigate. Now, again, this whole, it plays well, and I'm sure it collects a lot of signatures for the CPC to then raise money on, you know, help us fight this thing that you obviously indicated that you care about. Um, and that helps them shape their messaging and all, all sorts of stuff. Everybody's doing this. It's nothing new, but the petitions don't do anything. The petitions aren't going to change anything, unfortunately. Um, if you think the conservatives are going to change something, maybe agreeing to get their messaging and stuff um, would help them get into office, et cetera. But again, fundamentally, I think the, the petition is just a way to collect people's information. 
Larry Brock says, breaking news, new reporting reveals GC Strategies has received over $250 million in contracts from the Trudeau government since 2015. This two-person company that works out of their basement was paid nearly $20 million on a Rive scam alone. More to come. And I think that Andy Lee had something that said even more money pre-2015 under a different name. And I think that that's just super interesting as well, right? Senator Hosaka says, the culture of corruption runs deep in the Trudeau government. Today, I asked why all contracts with the company behind the Arrive scam rot aren't being investigated by the RCMP and the AG and why the ministers involved haven't resigned. Watch. Um, it's three minutes and it's unsatisfying because the the Senate never really, I mean... They, they talk in circles and the Senate Majority Leader Gold is terrible. It's just terrible. Um, Gov.exe is corrupt is noting how much all of these scandals are costing the public purse. That's taxpayer dollars. And uh, SNC-Lavalin scandal, $50 million. We Charity scandal, $900 million. Remember they wanted to give them a billion dollars so they could administer youth work or something like that? What? Uh, buy another plaque, guys. Um, Arrive scam scandal, $60 million. Buying... Buying stocks, a company that doesn't exist, that's $2 billion. Setting up phony infrastructure projects, that's $10 billion plus. Um, blaming conspiracy theorists for government accountability, priceless. Some things just can't be stolen, but for everything else, there's Justin Trudeau liberals. Yeah, that's interesting. And I think that it's weirdly accurate. It's unbelievable how much money they've just been able to funnel out under different kind of cloaks, right? Like the the Ukraine cloak. Oh, we've all, we've got to stand by Ukraine. We've really got to fight this war for Ukraine. Okay. Okay. Sure. I guess. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's, it is a very, um, concerning situation when so much money can be walked out the door so easily, so easily. Dustin Trudeau says the vandalism at the Islamic center of Cambridge and the rise in Islamophobia across the country is alarming, abhorrent, and unacceptable. I strongly condemn this incident and stand with Muslim with the Muslim communities against such hate. We must confront and combat Islamophobia together. So this is uh, false. This is absolutely false because Justin Trudeau is silent when Christian churches are burned. Nothing said. But as soon as something happens at a Islamic Center in Cambridge. He's all over it. And here, people are noticing, right? Lauren says, not a word about churches? Didn't think so. And so this is this happened yesterday. I showed a video of this the other day on my show. So um, the Regina Church that was burned to the ground, right? So unbelievable stuff from Justin Trudeau, who takes our tax dollars and, well, the accountability piece again, right? How do you find, how do you find that balance? Here is um, Australia. And this is from February 10th, Sky News. Australia, 2024, February 10th. And I just thought this was super funny. Fits right here because Justin Trudeau is being noticed for how much Canadians, how high our emotions are about Justin Trudeau. Here we go. Else whose woke leftist policies will hopefully see him consigned to the dustbin of history is, of course, the appalling Justin Trudeau, Prime Minister of Cuba. Sorry, my mistake. Yeah. Touch the Joe Bidens there. <laughs> I mean, Prime Minister of Canada. Although it's an easy mistake to make, after all, young Justin and his brother Michael were warmly welcomed to Cuba by the dictator Fidel Castro. Seen here, Fidel holding Michael Trudeau alongside mum, the charming Margaret Trudeau. Shocking, of course, have been the scurrilous and wholly unfounded suggestions that Margaret Trudeau may well have been as fond of a fiddle as she was of a rolling stone. Over the years, there have been scandalous and utterly 
unpersuasive rumors to suggest that there is some kind of physical resemblance between the uber left-wing and authoritarian Cuban dictator seen here on the right, sorry, sorry, I mean on the left, and the uber left-wing and authoritarian Canadian prime minister seen here on the left, sorry, I mean the right. As if to suggest that there might be some kind of genetic connection between the Canadian prime minister and the Cuban communist dictator, heavens above. Now, you might very well think that, but of course, I couldn't possibly comment. Very interesting. It's a very interesting video, right? When Canadians love being noticed internationally, right? We love being noticed. We love when people talk about Canada. Oh, it's fun when The Simpsons mentions Canada, right? It's great. Um, I, although I haven't watched The Simpsons in years. I remember when The Simpsons was like must-see TV in the late 90s. And now, in my high school anyway, uh, and now, uh, if it's on, I guess it's kind of cringy still, right? <laughs> It was cringy for a while in the early 2000s. Then they kind of tried to do the cutaways like Family Guy became unwatchable. Then Family Guy became unwatchable. Then everything became unwatchable. Okay, back to this. Hello, everyone. Thanks very much for watching. This is just a short version of a longer show. If you'd like to get the whole show, you can go over to CanadaPoly.com and sign up for a subscription. Just look in the drop-down tab for Shop and Donate and look for subscriptions, and you'll get immediate access to the full show. Love to see you. Thanks for watching, everybody. Have a wonderful, wonderful.